When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm really feeling that music. Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots with my man, Eddie Johnson. I'm Saul Bookman. Thank you so much for joining us. We're brought to you by OGs, the best edibles in the game. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But as for right now, uh, EJ, you and I have been uh, texting back and forth, uh, mostly because people are just absurd out there. And we'll start with that. We'll start with Dylan Brooks. We will get to Matt Ishby and the Suns a little bit later on. But let's talk about Dylan uh, in, in this segment. We'll just call Dilly Dilly right here with this nice, beautiful graphic. Look at this. Here yeah. we go. Dylan Brooks. It's ironic because LeBron's going left in that picture. <laughs> and he's left-handed it, it, yeah so you know first of all uh there was this screen sh- or not the screenshot but this tweet uh basically dylan brooks on how he's been able to in his mind slow down or contain lebron basically by saying that lebron doesn't want to go left uh ej you sent this to me and you were like i want to talk about this so <laughs> What were your initial thoughts when the greatest scorer this league has ever seen uh, and and soon to be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history uh, is allegedly unable to go to one side of his body? You know, I scored, what, over 20,000 points combined regular season and playoffs. I had a lot of guys that made me work hard. You know, they made me work, like, Dan Marley, when we became opponents, made me work. Derek McKees of the world, Lonnie Shelton's of the world, Alvin Robinson's of the world, Scottie Pippen's of the world, Michael Jordan's of the world, Michael Cooper of the world, Dennis Johnson, all they made me work. They still got lit up. <laughs> like, I might have an off game, uh, you know, but I would always say I had an off game because I had an off game. Because I was always going to – work just as hard as the guy that was guarding me. Yeah. So I wasn't going to allow him to defeat me by me not working hard. And so when you're a tremendous offensive player, you you don't get stopped. But, yeah, you can fatigue out a little bit. Guy can make you work, and that's his victory. But for somebody to say they've developed a cheat code to be able to stop the guy that's getting ready to become people – the all-time leading scorer in the history of basketball. Now let that sink in for a minute. The all-time leading scorer in the history of basketball that has probably been guarded by a multitude of defenders in his 20-year career, all of a sudden 
Dylan Brooks has figured out the cheat code to stop LeBron James. And the cheat code is the simple thing. Make him go left. <laughs> man, when I heard that, man, I fell off my chair, man. Oh, make him go left? That's, That's it. it? That's it. Well, Eddie Johnson would have been a hell of a defender then. I would have jumped on his right hand the whole time, made him go left. Stop. Make him go left, yeah, into the waiting arms of who? Jaron Jackson standing there helping you? Into the waiting arms of John Morant there helping you? Stop, man. Can't nobody stop that dude. He can only stop himself. You know, and I, I did, that drives me nuts when guys want to anoint themselves as great defenders and all of a sudden they figured out they can stop somebody. Man, please, you're not stopping anybody, Dylan Brooks. You're going to make them work hard. He's a hell of a defender. Don't get me wrong. I love Dylan Brooks, one of my favorite players. Stop, man. You ain't stopping nobody. How did that work last night when Steph Curry was raining jumpers in your grill? I guess you don't have a cheat code for him. You had a cheat code for uh, Clay Thompson, who came off a screen late in the game and drilled a three, and you knew he was? Stop. All right. Well, I mean, listen, I, 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 I think some of this is also Dylan Brooks. Listen, he's he's a guy that likes to talk. He's a guy that uh, I think he's got, I, I wouldn't say irrational confidence, but it's pretty close. When you, guys like him and Pat Bev and guys, it's almost like they they hype themselves up to to play at a higher level defensively than maybe they're even capable of. And I think maybe there's a little bit to this where Dylan Brooks is like, yeah, I could slow down LeBron. Like, as if he's playing some kind of mental game with one of the greatest of all time. Like, it doesn't work because you got to understand what your subject matter is, and LeBron's not that dude. But I think that's also part of his shtick. He can make them think, right? As me growing up in the inner city of Chicago, I had to outthink them stoops that always tried to rob me every day going to school. So I had to go different routes to school. Well, they made me think. Yeah. They made me plan. They made me figure out, okay, how can I get the best of them? And so it, it really, to me, it transferred to the court. Okay, you're making me go left? All right. All right, I'll work on my left hand. I'll take one dribble and just shoot it in your grill. Uh, okay, you, you're going to press up on me? You're going to hold me? You're going to grab me? Good. That's the best thing for me because now that you're touching me and holding me, I can push you off and, help, and hold you. Now I can guide you where I want you to go. Like, you have an alternative. When you're an offensive player, you have an alternative to what the guy is trying to do to you. Yeah. You're going to go over the screen? Okay, I'll flare. Okay? You're going to chase me around the screen? I'll curl. So I had an antidote for everything. And yeah. LeBron does do. So you're going to force me left? I'll go left. And we've seen it lately. He goes left, and then what does he do? He spins and he dunks it in your grill. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always an option past what somebody's trying to do. So, yeah, credit to Dylan Brooks that he's making him go to his second and third option. And we see it with Devin Booker all the time. You know, they make him go to his B, C, D, E move. Well, Devin's got uh, most of the alphabet. Yeah. And LeBron yeah. has most of the alphabet. So I laugh when guys say that. It's not unusual, though. We've seen this before, especially with the highest level players in, in the game's history. We saw Ruben Patterson talk about how he was the Kobe stopper back when Kobe was playing against the Blazers, your face already. Uh, you, you know, we talk about Michael Jordan uh, and John Starks thinking that he had an antidote to Michael Jordan and then the Pistons having the Jordan rules. Like, all these guys, the the elites of the game, 
uh, always have that one antagonist that that feels like that they got the code, but they really don't. I mean, as my man Jay says in the chat, Braun is averaging 25.8 and 8 against LeBron Brooks or against Dylan Brooks. So, like, stop with the LeBron. Stop. 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 Just stop. stop. Just stop. Um, Enjoy what you're seeing. But what we haven't seen before <laughs> is what we saw at Staples against that Lakers team. And uh, Unk coming off the sideline, getting a little into it. Uh, you know, and, and people were – were I mean, they were – Comments were all over the place, right? But I think a lot of people were like, you know, Shannon Sharp getting into your head. That should never happen, right? Like Dylan Brooks has just got to ignore that and move around. Also, people upset that that Shannon Sharp was able to come back to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing is, is we've seen this before. I mean, Spike and, and, and Reggie, I mean, shouting matches all game long. Nobody asked, nobody asked, uh, you know, a Spike to leave. You know why? Because Reggie was about that. And he put it to the Knicks right in front of Spike and would talk his shit right back to him. Yeah. Why is this one such a big deal right now? I, you know, I, I don't know. I think people people sometimes they want to transport their, themselves into your space. And unfortunately, we live in a country where you have levels, right? You, you have rich, you have middle class, you have poor, you have people in country clubs, you have people in clubs in general. Uh, fraternities that you can't get into, you have to be accepted into. We have separation a lot in this country. and But in sports, sometimes people want to think it should be all equal. Like, you have people on Twitter that want to go at me. And I might say something basketball-wise, and they'll challenge me. And they have all the rights in the world to do that. But it's the way you challenge me. Yeah. Like, don't act like you're sitting where I'm sitting. Like, I put 50 years into this. Mm-hmm. Okay? I like to watch l- law shows. I like to watch doctor shows. But I'd be damned if I'm going into a hospital trying to do surgery on somebody. <laughs> like, it's a limit to where you feel like you can be in equality with that particular person. Okay. And the reason I say that is because people are all sideways because Shannon walked back out there and sat in his seat. You're not Shannon Sharp, okay? You're not. I mean, I don't know how many nightclubs you tried to get into when you were young, but you stand out there in that long line, you're waiting, and then you get somebody walks up, and he walks right past the whole line. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, hey, what's up, man? Give him a shake, and they go in. It's this just how, life. This is how it goes. So so that's just life. So for people to think, oh, they let Shannon back in. and Yeah, he's Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's known. Yeah, they know he's not going to run out there on the court with a weapon. They know this. But when you're a fan and they don't know you and you act up, they don't know what you're capable of because they don't know you right mm-hmm. then and there. So they might make a harsher decision with you. It's unfair. I actually believe Shannon probably should have been removed. Okay? No issue with that. Why? No, I have no issue if he had been removed, and I have no issue if he had stayed. Because he's talking shit? No, because he created some combustion. Like, But it, that's it, because Dylan Brooks brought attention I, I, to it. I understand that. That's true. But also Stephen Adams came over there. Nobody messed with Stephen Adams. And Ooh, then, it, then it was hey, a crowd. Sharpwood. Right. No, I don't know. Steve. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> first, first, look, Shannon and I got it, got into it, you know, and I'm not a favorite of Shannon. So 
Don't act like that I'm like protecting Shannon sure, Sharp. Sure, sure, sure. Last year, he and I had a back and forth on Twitter. And if you all want to go check it out, you can go research it and find it. Because <laughs> I got on him because I told him, I'm tired of that show. You only talk about a few things on that show. And I said, you're talking about Russell Westbrook all the time, every day. You're ripping on this guy. And you know what? You know, and you're sitting up in there with that tight pink jacket on. That's what I said to him mm -hmm. on Twitter. He got mad. <laughs> well, Eddie, you know, you, you can get a hold of my agent if you don't like, I, you know, I like, look, Shannon, I like you, man, but dude, seriously, that pink jacket you wearing a little too tight. <laughs> so, no, no, I'm not messing with Shannon. He, he did, without a doubt, I did it over Twitter. But he ain't want nothing to do with Stephen Adams. I'm telling you that, right. Stephen Adams might be the strongest man walking on his face of this earth, dude. Oh, whoa. Okay. Man, look, he, he, he wasn't know, messing but, with Stephen Adams. Oh, come on but, now, though. You underestimating Savannah. Let's go that boy's country strong now. Like I said, <laughs> if I had to pick a guy to walk down an alley with me, it's Steven Adams. Okay, all right. Tell all you right. that right now. So, you know, so I'm not defending Shannon anyway, but I think it could – what I'm telling you is, so it could have gone either way. Like, if they had removed him, I would have understood it. And if they had they let, let him come back, I understood that. It's just the way of the world, and Shannon Sharp deserves that respect in that regard. So, but, but my issue here is, is like, I think this leads to a, a bigger point, something we kind of touched on last week about um, not, not how soft NBA players are, but how their development has, has, has grown over the years from AU to high school to college. Um, and now it's kind of looks like, you know, we, we, and this was in regards to load management, but I will say this. Uh, back in the day, uh, and we could always reference that because, you know, everybody's there. Even when I was in, in high school in the 90s, everybody used to talk about, well, in the 70s and the 60s, this would have never happened or whatever. Like every era has a back in the day that we can always refer to. In this regard, like Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, he he drew a lot of attention to it because he's hearing all the chatter. Like stop with the rabbit ears. Focus on the game. Like you guys are, you guys were in the lead at the time. They were in the lead. And then after that, the whole momentum swung in the other direction, and the Lakers came back and won that game. So, like, I, I just feel like Dylan Shannon Brooks. Shannon won. Yeah, Shannon yeah, won with that. exactly. And, and we all know Shannon's a big LeBron fan. So him getting <laughs> getting to talking from the sidelines. Nothing wrong with trash talk. No, like, I, but, look, but that's my point. Like, Dylan Brooks, no, not, you got to back it up if you're going to talk yeah, all that shit. And yeah, he didn't. It, it, he, yeah, he got a little sideways. But Dylan Brooks didn't walk over there toward him. Dylan Brooks was, like, walking off the court. No, he was – he. He was that dude that starts some shit, knowing that his friends are going to jump in the way and prevent. Well, a fight. well, of course, of course, but but still, I think I think what really lifted it though, when Shannon was like, "Come on over here, then. Come on over here." That that <laughs> like now that's that's your manhood, right? So when Shannon did that, then they were like, "Okay." Then obviously, Ja got into it because Ja's a leader on that team. Yeah, yeah. Then his dad T is going to get into it and. And so it just escalated from there, man. It, it was unfortunate, but I liked it. It was fun. It was, it was funny fun to me. me I mean, like, I knew Shannon wasn't going to run out there on the court and fight. I know Steven Adams wasn't going to go in the crowd and fight. Don't people know by now that the NBA is not like it was back in the 80s and 90s? That's why I kept my mouth shut. I talked a lot of trash, but I knew to talk trash, too. Because if you said to the wrong guy, then you know you got to fight. Yeah, absolutely. So now guys aren't going to fight. They lose too much money. So I call it the National Push Association. They just push each other. They don't They don't throw hands. They don't. So, yeah, in that sense. But I think the crowd got into it, man. It was just a lot of commotion over there. And I just think 
that's what elevated it is unfortunate. But I'll still say if they had kept him out, fine. Letting him back in, I was fine. I had no issue with it. But Shannon has to be better. Like, you can't sit in those seats because you mess it up for everybody else, right? It's like living in a neighborhood and, you know, guy paints his house pink because there's no HOA. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It takes down the value of everything. And I think, you know, by him doing that, it took the value down of those people that pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to sit in those seats. Gotcha. Well, hey, listen, uh, talking about value, uh, there's a specific individual that I've severely devalued now because of uh, really their antics over the last several years. Uh, This one really got under my skin personally. Uh, Jason Whitlock got onto Twitter, posted this tweet right here, where it was basically just disparaging the women's game. And and, uh, what he said was ESPN Sports Center just led tonight's episode with two stories on women's college basketball. The first six minutes, um, uh, regular season Big Ten and SEC game. Who is paying for this? What percentage of sports fans does this serve? Um, for an outlet like ESPN, they've really been pushing the women's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they had record breaking years the last two seasons in col- women's college basketball viewing and WNBA viewing. Um, and it's for me, I'm a huge women's basketball fan. I've been following women's basketball for for about the last fifteen to twenty years. And I think the game is, is at an all-time high. I think the WNBA game overall ha- has improved dramatically since the, the first inception, and they mm-hmm. had some great athletes there. But I just think that as with time, just like in the NBA, things become a little bit more efficient. Players get better and better with, the eleva- uh, with the, their elevated play and their performances. And I love the women's game. I love watching players like Diana Taurasi ball out. I love the college game. I love uh, players like... Paige Buckets and and Kaylin Clark of Iowa. Like, there's some great talent out there. And for Jason Whitlock to come out here and basically have uh, a crazy sexist remark was just so uh, so low bar. And his trajectory as all, uh, as well in trying to disparage certain groups of people is just is just absolutely off putting. I don't know how nicely I can say this. I can't stand that. Mm. No, same. Seriously. Same. I, I, look, it's certain people, and trust me, people that know me, I I, I, I get along with anybody. Uh, I can have a disagreement with you, but after the disagreement, we're good. Like, I don't carry anything. I don't like him. Uh, he knows it. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I rip him all the time. I don't like him because I don't even know what he stands for. Like, no, yeah. Everybody stands for something. Like, I have no idea what he stands for. Uh, I have an issue with him. It seems like he's targeting his own race a lot of the times, Mm -hmm. which bothers me. You know, uh, stay balanced, man. Like, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have our issues. We all can be criticized. It seems like he leans toward criticizing more of his own race, which is unbelievable to me. And it also seems like he does have an issue with with women in in sports. And I don't get it with him. Maybe he has a hard time getting a girlfriend now. I don't even know he's married. But maybe that's an issue. (laughs) I have no idea with this dude, man. But ever since he got kicked off Fox, he's on this mission. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's chose a side. He's chose a side instead of being in the middle. And he is strictly partisan to whatever he's with. And he's trying to build a name for himself. And I don't I don't like him at all. And to really point out women, 
women have worked extremely hard. I think you know me. I mean, for me, you know, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, my mom's 94 years old right now. I do everything I can every day to, to make life great for her. I have an organization called Helping Hands for Single mm -hmm. Moms. I've raised millions of dollars to send these moms that have a hard time in their home raising their kids. They can't go to college. But what, what I've done, I've made it easy for them to go to college. And we have hundreds of moms that have graduated that have great jobs now, own their own home. Uh, we do so many great things for them. We'll get them a car if they need it, babysitters, all of that. Every ounce of what we raise goes to these moms. And so anybody that disrespects women, I have a serious issue with them. And that's why I don't like that dude. He's looking for attention. And I think people should ignore him. Or, or if you're on his Twitter, I think you should go at him because he doesn't deserve any uh, pats on the back. A million percent, a million percent. Uh, there's no easy way to transition from that topic. Uh, and, and I appreciate your your mm -hmm. your your thoughts on that as well. And and if you don't know much about EJ's, uh, you know, adventures into that specific space, uh, you can go online. There's a website, correct? Yeah, helpinghandsforsinglemoms.org. You and you guys just had a charity event uh, yes. a, a, about a month ago. Um, a fantastic ceremony, award show, I think it was, or, or something to that degree. Mm -hmm. It's just golf tournament. All yeah, that. it's yeah. just great to see. So uh, appreciate your your work in that, but. Let's let's pivot a little bit over here to Kyrie Irving. Okay, Kyrie right now had this tweet uh, from Chris B. Haynes, who's reporting that uh, Kyrie is uh, looking for a, a trade or um, looking to or not a trade. I'm sorry, looking for an extension on his contract, and which could lead to a trade. Which could lead to a trade. Now, my question to you is: There's a certain team right now. I'm not going to say I'm not going to name names, but uh, <laughs> we've had this discussion on the on, on our PH Next Sun show before about Kyrie Irving. Um, if if there was a scenario where the Suns were able to possibly make a trade for Kyrie Irving, would that or would that not interest you? Yeah, well, the guy's an unbelievable basketball player. Uh, when I say unbelievable, he is as I call players that's just crazy. I just call him sick. He's sick on the basketball court. He truly is. And, like, I always will tell people the word perfect is a lie. It's in the dictionary, but nobody, nobody's under that heading. No one's perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to grow. We're all going to say things. And if you try to make amends for it, you try to move forward, you try to be better, then I, I respect that individual. Kyrie's a young man that's trying to find himself, and he said some things in the past, and he's takes taking some stances, some that I didn't agree with. I didn't agree with actually, you know, not being there for his team in regards to getting vaccinated. I don't care where you stand on it. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But when it comes to a team, I think you should. That that's been my only issue with with him. Uh, but as a basketball player, as a as a young man that's smart very intelligent, uh, any team would give him a shot. I, I think he, he would fit on any team in a high level. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, he, he there's there's a lot of complexities with 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 Kyrie Irving, as we uh, as we know. And I think the one thing about Kyrie, uh, that is it you you don't know what your return on investment is gonna be on on, on him as an individual because mm -hmm. it's not only just on the court. But what are you going to get 
you know, in terms of the extra extras, right? You mm -hmm. know, he hasn't been on the court due to his own control. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not you agree with it is another discussion, but it is under his control whether or not he could play. Um, he had one hell of an offseason um, that almost led to KD wanting to completely get out. And and luckily for him, he was, you know, cooler right. heads prevailed and, and KD ended up staying. And then at the beginning of the season with the tweet and, and you know, and all that chaos, like, and, and then he got suspended from the NBA for that. Like, there's just so many things that are complex that I don't know if I, as an individual, as great as I think, I think Kyrie Irving, from a skill standpoint, is one of, is, is if not the best point guard of all time, I think he's definitely one of the top three or four because of his skills alone. Mm -hmm. Now, when you com combat that with the stuff off the court, that's what makes Kyrie, a, it's just too much of a risk. And if you're the Suns right now and you're in that championship window and you already got a point guard right now, and I'm not trying to disparage Chris Paul because they're in two completely different categories in terms of their their conduct and their performance on the court. Um, I But Chris Paul has been injured. He has been injury prone mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Um, and I feel like you're taking almost the same kind of risk outside of your control because injuries are outside of your control uh, with Kyrie Irving off the court. And so that's – I would not like Kyrie Irving on the Suns even though – if you would ask me maybe a year ago, I would absolutely would have loved yeah. it. So. Well, I think all of us in life are looking for leaders. Uh, everybody can't be a leader. Uh, you know, followers have done extremely well in this life. Uh, just go talk to Steve Ballmer, who's the owner of the Clippers. You know, he left school with Bill Gates. And guess what? He's one of the richest men in the world. Paul Allen up in Portland, yeah. he passed away. One of the richest men in the world. So it's okay to be a follower. Uh, and I think Kyrie was in a battle of, okay, am I okay to be a follower? Or do I want to be a leader? And all of that started to happen when he left LeBron mm -hmm. because LeBron was a leader for him. LeBron got him a title. LeBron kept his foot down on him. And I can relate to, to wanting to break away a little bit because, and, and Suns fans will know this, like Cotton Fitzsimmons was like a father figure of mine. Cotton had me as a pup, like when I first got in the league. Mm -hmm. And the way Cotton motivated me was to really ride me hard, man. Like just constantly, man. Just just on top of me, man. Just and it got to a point in 1989, 1990, that I started to fatigue from it. And I wanted to go off and prove that, you know, I didn't need to be under his thumb. Mm -hmm. And it was a big mistake for me to request a trade, because I did. And, and Jerry traded me to Seattle. A lot of people don't know that. And I went to Seattle, and I, I learned leadership, and, and I, led some, I led those guys, and we obviously faced the Suns in 93 in, in the Western Conference Finals. But I hated that I had to go through that with Cotton. Kyrie wanted to get away from LeBron. And ever since then, what's happened, right? Mm -hmm. And Boston didn't work out. Uh, Brooklyn has been a rocky road, but the story is not finished. And so I just think it's a learning process for everybody. And I think you put a guy like that around great leadership, then I think he'll be fine. And I don't think he had that from a respect category, right? So when I look at the Suns with the hierarchy at the front office and, and the Suns in general and the players on this team, I don't care how you're viewed or what your past is you're going to blend in because if you got 
10 guys saw on one side of positivity, two guys over there by themselves is not going it's not going to last. Yeah. They're going to they're going to give in. And that's what it's all about, man. It's about being around guys that you respect and can lead you. And the Suns have a ton of leaders on this team. Uh let's go back to this point real quick. Uh yes or no. If you didn't get traded and you were on that 92-93 team and you were on the Suns instead of the Sonics, do the Suns win the world championship? Without a doubt. <laughs> no, without a doubt. I love it. I well, no, I, no I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that to be bragging. My resume speaks for itself. Uh, I went to Seattle and played extremely well. By the way, I had 34 in oh, game oh, seven. Yeah, we all remember that. So, yeah. no, I, I felt what I was as a sixth man. I mean, for the Suns, I was a sixth man averaging 20 points off the bench. So, without a doubt, they wanted to go physical. They went for Xavier oh. McDaniel. I understood that. Uh, but it just didn't work out with X-Man. X-Man's a tremendous player. Nothing against him. But, yeah, I think, I think without we, a doubt. I think we have a comment from the peanut gallery. So you're the reason we didn't win a, a title in 93? No, I said I'll be part of the reason. Okay, well. Not the reason. Okay. Yeah. You can't, I guess, basketball is a team sport. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's part so of podcasting, we set you with him. Part so. of the reason. Like, put it this way. I would have hit that last shot. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I got enough. proof of doing that if you watched me in Houston, okay? Oh, oh I did. Okay, then. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in a right. peanut gallery. Uh, <laughs> next time you come over here, you better bring me a gift. <laughs> uh, that was Espo uh, chiming in his two cents. But, uh, you know, it doesn't cost two cents, but it is worth your money. You can go to OG's. That is the sponsor of this brilliant show. OG's Brands, the number one. You like that, Max. I know you love I know you like that transition. Uh, <laughs> uh, OG's Brands is the best edible in the market. And this week, they're dropping their strawberries and cream. Happy Balance. Listen, I know sometimes people like to ease into these things. And with the Happy Balance edible, there's a perfect combination of THC and CBD to not get you crazy, crazy high. But also, you know what? Kind of mellow you out, make you feel pretty good, and ca carry on with the rest of your day at a, at a functional level is what they would say. So that look for that at any dispensary. OG's Brands is the best edible on the market. Just a reminder, you have to be 21 and over to partake and enjoy responsibly. Uh, okay, let's get to the, to the meat of this. Uh, a lot of action this week in terms of the news. Uh, we just got word yesterday that Matt Ishbia is going to uh, officially take over. Uh, the morning before the trade deadline <laughs> uh, for the Suns. Your overall thoughts, have you met Matt Ishbia? Have you talked to him at all? Have you, you know, passed him in the hallway? Um, your overall impressions on him? I have not met him uh, personally yet. Uh, he and I were supposed to meet when he was here. Uh, didn't work out. I think he had his kids. He had to leave. Uh, but, you know, he, yes, made it a, a point that to, to meet me. The Big Ten guy. I'm a Big Ten guy. Mm -hmm. Big Ten guys stick together. Uh, and so uh, for every person I've talked to, and I've talked to a multitude of people, uh, they all love them. They all think that what we have coming in here in regards to an owner is unreal. Uh, he's a great family man. Uh, he, he's really into his employees. Uh, and that's going to be his purpose, man, is to make this environment tremendous rebuild it, uh, not be aggressive to just see what's going on, be here. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to meeting him personally. Uh, and again, everything I've heard, 
it's just been pristine. And I think people know me. I'm not embellishing here. Uh, I'm extremely excited, and I'm very excited that he's going to take over before the trade deadline. Yes. Because that would have been a travesty uh, if this thing would have been held up because, you know, of, of past ownership, you know, maybe holding control over what people can do. If there was a percentage on, like, you know, let's just say one to ten uh, before Matt Ishbia, before it was known Ishbia would officially take over before the trade deadline. In terms of your confidence that the Suns were going to be able to make a viable move that would move the needle uh, towards a championship, um, and after what would it be before one a scale of one to ten? Before Matt, mm -hmm. uh, well, based on the situation though, right? Because you had an owner that was, you know, that was suspended. Yeah. And so you don't know the emotion that he's going through sitting there and not being able to be a part. So could he have held it up? Could he have not, you know, wanted to do it? Because he ha I think he had control over anybody making over $10 million. Yeah. So, did. you know, you can probably say nothing probably would have been done. So scale of one to ten, what were you thinking? Uh, before, uh, two. Two. Yeah, that's kind of thing with everybody. Now, after. Now, knowing oh, all this. No, it's, it's a definite. You think it's 10? Oh, it's a definite. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a definite. I mean, if, if nothing is done, it's because, you know, everybody said, no, we're not doing it. But I do know that, you know, James Jones is out there extremely aggressive to see, you know, if it's something out there, you know, that can really help this team. All right. Well, uh, the, the, the team is helping themselves right now as we speak. Cam Johnson came back, gave them a lift. I think uh, a lot of us underestimated just what one more body, because, you know, Chris had been kind of fluctuating in and out of the lineup, um, and so had just seemingly everybody else except for Booker you know, over the course of this last month. Uh, but Cam Johnson's been out for a couple months. He comes back, and it just looks like it has just reinvigorated this team. Does Cam Johnson have that much of an impact, or is there something we're all missing in terms of uh, the continuity and, and, and the, the upliftness of certain players. Sort of like me showing up doing a show with oh, you. Jesus That's how excited Christ. you are, dude. I mean, <laughs> I, I show up. You, you greet me at the Listen, elevator. Man, I'm, the best, me. I'm, the, I'm the best passer dude, in the league in this show. I mean, I can't even get off the elevator without you hugging me, man. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... <laughs> I don't hug anybody. Yeah, I please. promise you this. Yeah, Listen, first of all, the first time Eddie Johnson and I hug will be the last time. I promise you. Dude, dress tonight. Got purple shoes on. Man, you trying to impress me, man. Oh, Jesus. All right. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> so did I, because you just completely distracted me. Uh, Cam Johnson boosting no. everybody up, like you well, know, what, basically what? that's what I was doing. I mean, basically that's what Cam did. I feel like you just kind of dealing Brooks this whole situation, just kind of ruined it. No, but that's what that's what Cam <laughs> that's what Cam did. Like but Cam why, but showed why? up. What are, we, what are we missing about? Because it infused everybody. <clears throat> it's like, oh, okay, man, we we got my, the last time we saw Cam Johnson, he dropped his career high. So he left a, a serious impression. Okay, then he shows up and he knocks down threes like nothing. Yeah. So the team needed that. The team has been laboring, man. I mean, injury after injury, loss after loss, you know. And I'm talking about tough losses where they probably could have won. I mean, like that, just that one guy. And then Chris shows up and – Devin's right around the corner. DeAndre's right around the corner. Maybe tonight, you know? I mean, like, it's what you need. You gotta, people got to remember, before this season, forget about what happened against the Mavericks last year. 
This team had the best record in the league yeah. over two years. They won 64 games last year. Just because they lost to the Mavericks, everybody thinks, oh, they just, they're just never going to win a game. It's unfortunate that the injuries happened and uh, people out there thinking, oh, see, I told you. But no. Do you put this group on the floor, okay? And with an addition, because I can say addition because Jay Crowder's not here. He, he obviously doesn't want to be here. So you got to replace a guy because normally if a guy doesn't want to be here, you trade him and somebody else comes in. That hasn't been the case Man, this team is fine. I used to, what, what was I saying? Hashtag we still good, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Hashtag we beat up. Hashtag we're getting healthy. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. I trust in this team. That was a blip last year against Dallas. Like to think they're going to show up tonight and continually try to prove to themselves that that was a blip. Uh, and, you know, I think they'll go from there, man. But health is important, man. Just think of the teams that's getting injured now. Steven Adams got hurt. That's why Memphis lost that game to Golden State last night. Memphis would have beaten Golden State last night. Yeah. Steven Adams would have been on the floor. So it's just the injuries, man. Look, Zion down in New Orleans, I mean, injured. It's just so many teams. I mean, uh, Denver. I mean, Jokic is battling some issues right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Giannis just came back. KD, out. I mean, it's just so many injuries that can affect the team. And the Suns got affected huge, but guess what? Three games out. Mm-hmm. Three hell. games out of the third spot. Yeah. After all that, they're only three games out. Four games ago, they were in the 12th spot. Yes. Now they're tied for the sixth, and if tonight they win, they could possibly move up to the f- fifth or even fourth. It's, yes. It's really crazy how – how listen, I've been saying since day one that the West was was too, for lack of a better word, fucked up. Uh, to really sep- create too much separation. Everybody's going through injuries. Everybody's going through it. One team will look like the best in the league one night, and then they'll get housed by 30 the next. Yeah. Scoring is Crazy. at an all-time Up high. 25, last two games for us. Brooklyn almost comes back and wins, yeah. right? Indiana comes back. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Uh, it, it, Memphis up yeah, by twenty nine, they they cut it to two. Yeah, like, yeah, Memphis. That's that's what I want to say. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, and then scoring at an all time high. We have like last night, Dame dropped sixty, uh, and it's just there's only two other players that have had more sixty point games in NBA history: Wilt Chamberlain, and do you know who the other one is? Is it Elgin? Kobe. 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 Yeah, and I I just. I can't. I don't understand what's going on in the league. I don't understand. Well, I do know what's going on. You can't hit anybody. You can't touch anybody, and that's why guys get crazy numbers. Look, if I played in this era, man, I know you, you think I'd be like sitting here doing this podcast with you right now. Well, I, well, no, probably. You know, I got. You know, I got. <laughs> Damn, I, I man, got, I make what's, pennies. What's what the swipes, man? No, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> no, I'm not, not I'd against like you. To have some faith no, it's that not you against would... you. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'd well, be on know. a private jet somewhere. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be doing anything. <laughs> thanks, thanks for slumming it with us, EJ. <laughs> I'd invite you. Man, please, man. I mean, like, these dudes today, man, I mean, you can't – you said it. You can't touch anybody. You get free looks at the rim. My biggest issue was, like I said, guys made me work hard because they they what? They distorted my view of the rim. Okay. By crowding me, Derek McKee was the best at it, man. He can be five feet away. All of a sudden, his hand was in my face. Yeah, well, he also had freaky long arms. Right. So, yeah, that would make me work harder. But now I get a clear view of the rim because you can't touch me? Oh, please. 
Michael Jordan would have averaged 50. Without a doubt. He would have averaged 50, man. You couldn't touch Michael Jordan, who was the greatest scorer ever. Mm-hmm. Now, people get mad at me because he's not my GOAT. Stop. Oh, no. Not my Stop. GOAT. No. Stop. Matt, let me tell you something. Come on now. Well, you know how I played. I knew we were going to get to this point. I you know we how I played, right? You know yeah, how I played. I remember how you played. I played off the ball. Yes. Right? I relied on who? Teammates, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so who would like, be who would be my GOATs? Magic. Yes. That's my GOAT. Yeah. Okay. LeBron would be my guys GOAT. Guys that would have given you the ball. No, guys that would make <laughs> would lift your game. I like players that lift the games of other players. You don't think Michael like, Jordan did that? Scottie Pippen did. Hmm. Look, Michael Jordan is the greatest offensive player ever. Score ever. Okay. Bar none. Love him. He's a friend. I got you. Okay. I got you. So that's what he was. Nobody will touch him in what he did. But when he was 0 for 7, right? You, right 0 for 7 his first seven years? Correct? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Scottie Pippen was a young player. Phil Jackson came in with Tex Winter, created the what? Triangle. Who ran that triangle? Scotty. Michael trusted in Scotty to make sure he can give everybody their touches, but it will eventually get back to him. Scotty helped enhance him, okay? Everybody does. So the beauty of Scotty allowed Michael to still be dominant, shoot 30 times, and then start winning titles. Magic was doing that already. Magic was lifting up an older Kareem, made life easy for James Worthy on the break. He lifted everybody. Matter of fact, made Greg Kelsa number three pick in the NBA draft. And he had no business so, being the number so three pick in the NBA draft. So it's those kind of guys, right, that, that I gravitate to. Everybody has – I don't dispute you for saying MJ's the GOAT. Sure, sure. Right? But – the GOATs for me is guys that lifted their teammates and made them better. And when they got to a team, they were automatically the best player on the team, and they did everything. LeBron will retire as the all-time leading scorer and top five in assists in the history of this game. Yeah. So he could score, but he also facilitated. Those are the guys I lean towards. Sure, it's, it's, no, sure. it's not against MJ or Kareem or anybody else. That's just how I view it. But I will say this. You, you, you have a very specific thing that you look for in terms of yes. uplifting a team, right? And there's a lot of different approaches. Just like in coaching, there's a lot of different approaches when it comes to uplifting players. And for me, Michael Jordan uplifted players in a very different kind of way. Yeah, in he a was, negative way. I'll kick your butt. It was, it was <laughs> more a lot ne- of them veterans it was, had to leave. It was more yeah, negative like reinforcement. Yeah, torture chamber. You, was, you got that it's right. It's definitely negative he reinforcement. But, he ain't Kobe, but, without but, a doubt. But still effective yes, in getting championships. Without a doubt. So, uh, listen, like, hold it. What is wrong with one or two? Like, nothing. When, when somebody says, oh, I think uh, – you know, this guy's the GOAT, then uh, each second. Or they get, or the Kobe fans no, get it, mad. It's I fine. Mean, I'm just saying. You can I'm, leave this game top five all time, or, or top four be on a Mount Rushmore. Like, no, my Mount Rushmore right now, as it as it will sit, will be Magic, LeBron, uh, Kareem, and I always have a, a fourth option on there, and I, I'm, I'm always back and forth. Okay. You don't even have Michael on your top four. MJ. No, MJ. Okay. No, MJ. Okay. I'm just kidding. MJ. Okay. Okay. Like, it's MJ. Like, and, not, and, not, and not in that order either. Because I was about no, to use MJ Kareem second. against you. MJ second. Because Kareem, it was MJ the is second. Okay. <laughs> get it get it right. He's behind second. Magic. Huh? Behind Magic? Yeah. Yeah. Two A, two B. Okay. No, All he's right. no no. Right now, but LeBron when he retires. Okay. LeBron when he retires. We'll be Uno. Listen, I, I appreciate the magic sentiment. We'll I literally Uno. wore number 32 because I loved Magic Johnson. 
I hated the Lakers, but I loved Magic Johnson. Like, that's literally the reason why I wore that number. So I I, I get your Magic Affinity. I appreciate it. Uh, no, I people going to say, you know what they're going to say? Oh, you didn't, don't like Michael because he used to abuse you. He did. <laughs> but <laughs> that wasn't why. I, I Please, I said I'm going to play cards with that man. I love that dude. I do. He also sets you up for but, failure. Yeah. On well, purpose. Well, so he can get the best of you the next day, right? Yeah, but yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he did that as well. But they all did. They all did in, in their way. Yeah. Magic did it in his way with niceness and kindness. They all did it in their way. But I just think, man, seriously, ultimately, the way I give it to LeBron, and people just don't understand it, I played 17 years in the league. And I played till I was 40 years old. And I'm into specimens, too. I'm into guys that, that longevity, mm -hmm. that they fought through everything, that they were there, they played at a high level, they pushed. I think that says a lot about them, too. And to watch what this guy's doing right now at 38 in his 20th year, yeah. he's the best basketball specimen. Now, you can argue say Michael Jordan's the best basketball player. No, I would say that. He is the best basketball specimen we have ever seen. And he might be the best specimen as an athlete we've ever seen in doing what he's doing. Some people might say, oh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady couldn't walk five years ago. Okay, he's got five big, big dudes weigh 300 pounds protecting him. LeBron don't have anybody protecting him. Yeah. Okay, it's a difference. Uh, so that's just the way I look at it. All right, we got a couple super chats over here. <clears throat> if we can get to those right here uh, from Biscuits and Beer, uh, $5. He says, do you think the Suns should trade campaign and Washington and get a better point guard, a better, it says, it says a better one or a point guard, and move CP3 to the bench? I don't know about moving CP3 no, to CP3 the bench. Really? I mean, you better get some armed guards coming in there to tell them that story. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I'm moving you to the bench. No. Have you seen Chris Paul the last few games? People stop. Stop. Oh, boy. Jeez, man, just because you feel like at your age, like you just want to sit on the couch and just eat chips and watch the game and you can't run suicides. And, man, he's 38, man. He's 37, man. You know, there's no way. Because you're looking at you. And I'm, how tired you are when you at the YMCA running up and down the half court, not even playing full court. <laughs> Stop, man. That dude's in great shape, man. I just think this year, man, I think a lot of players showed up, saw not in top shape. And when you get to that age, you don't push yourself as hard in the offseason. And I think Chris got a little bit behind the eight ball in that. And then he had the injuries. Mm -hmm. And so you look at Chris right now, man, he's looking good, man. And this is the right time. So he's had his rest. 37, man, stop, man. But 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 he's – so, okay, he comes back against the Grizzlies, has a great first half. Second half was okay, kind of fills it out a little bit in the second half. Last game, kind of just managed the game in the first half. Second half, they needed a little bit more scoring from him. He was able to do it. But it is against the Hornets. I'm wondering – are we going to be able to see a Chris Paul at some point this season where he will Listen, be able to do it? He's all going to need help, without a doubt. And so if they go out there and they try to get a guard, I happen to like what campaign offered, man, before he got injured. He was playing very – he's playing good early this season. Uh, people forget a couple of years ago when Chris Paul went down, if it wasn't for campaign, we wouldn't have gotten to the finals. Yeah. So people want to give up on people, man, because they get in stretches. I will say this. Yes, Chris Paul will tell you that, yeah, he wants somebody behind him that can really save him and, and give him an opportunity to rest longer than he can. 
Yeah, okay. I, I would definitely agree with that. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure the Suns are making sure that that's established. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't think we anybody cares. We we just want to see a healthy Chris Paul in the playoffs, and we want to see it for more than just... <laughs> you just saw Anthony Davis that he's been out all this time. You see that yeah. almost went down again? Mm-hmm. It's just, man, that's why this load management stuff, these dudes resting because they, oh, you know, oh, my... Oh, my back is bothering me. Okay. Dude, John Wall tore his Achilles getting out of the shop. So, it's no guarantee. You just go out there and play, man. A lot of these guys think about getting hurt, man. That's why they get hurt. Just go play the game. One last uh, super chat. This comes from T-Bounty Bay. Uh, Eddie, I'm Tyler. I was 10 years old at a Suns game during pregame. You walked over, met me, and said hi and shook my hand with genuine eye contact. Thank you. Yeah, you know, somebody taught me that, uh, you know, early on in life. You know, it was it was really like early in my 20s, to tell you the truth. Dick Nagy, it was my assistant coach at Illinois. And he just passed away too. So, you know, thoughts and prayers with he and his family. And uh, so Dick first came on as my sophomore year, new coach brought on by Lou Henson. He walked over to us. Lou was off that day, so Dick was kind of running practice. And I was like, he was talking and I was like, you know, I was listening to him, but I wasn't giving him eye contact. So the next thing I know, he walked over to me. He said, hey, hey. You know, it's almost like he wanted to pick on the biggest, like what he perceived as the 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 leader or something because mm-hmm. I was the best player on the team. So he figured he'd come over there and undress me, then everybody else would be good. Hey, give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. Don't you ever not look at me when I'm talking to you. Give them to me. <laughs> he walked away. I did. Then I like, yeah. <laughs> he didn't see me do it. <laughs> he heard everybody laugh. He turned back around. I was like, <laughs> oh man. Uh, and before we go, we had a little controversial topic yesterday on our PH Next Sun show, and our guy Espo desperately wanted me to ask this question to EJ. Uh, hoping that would uh, start a fight, and let's see if it does. Uh, Chris Paul gets a lot more flack for not making, for not winning a championship than Steve Nash ever did. Um, why do you think there is that disparity between Chris Paul and Steve Nash, and who do you think was the better point guard? Well, because Chris Paul is perceived as as a, a all time great, a little bit above Steve Nash. That's why uh, Chris Paul is perceived as better than Steve Nash, uh, and. You know, Steve Nash, for that period of time, he was here with the Suns, unbelievable. Love Steve. Uh, consider him a friend. Uh, love calling games, watching him play. Uh, but Chris Paul, historically, I think in a lot of people's eyes, gets the edge over over Steve. And I think expectations on Chris is a lot higher. That's just how it is. And, and Chris knows this. You have conversations with Chris. He's very honest with you. Uh, and he understands, man, that pressure is on him. And, uh, you know, he has had some very talented teams that mm-hmm. have come up short. And uh, it, it's, it's a disappointment. And that's why he went to Oklahoma City a couple of years ago. I thought reinvented himself, his image, playing with a team and an organization that wasn't going to win. But in the bubble, almost beat yeah. the Houston Rockets, yeah. right? And. So and then coming here to take over the Suns, man, and and help Devin Booker just just be more of a killer than what he is, yeah, pressure's on him without a doubt. Pressure's on him. It's on Book. It's on all of them. Like that's what it's all about, man. If you if you don't if you're not the last team standing, 
it's a disappointment. Yeah. Especially for this team now because they've been to the finals. Okay. Well, I, I disagree. Uh, I think the reason why, uh, you know, Steve Nash probably gets a little bit more of a pass is because I do believe that there were things that were externally outside of his control. And uh, and you can't really blame a guy who had refs that were literally fixing games against you. Uh, you can't really help a guy where the NBA made such an egregious error because two dudes step one foot onto a court when you had in both the situations had an opportunity to go to the finals. Like, so I feel like that's the reason why uh, a majority of people give Steve Nash a pass because of those specific instances that were high visibility instances oh, yeah. that ultimately did prevent the, the Suns from making a championship. That, look, Steve was a tough son of a gun, man. It made me got his nose busted that time and just played. Mm -hmm. No, man, Steve Nash, man, was unbelievable, man. I mean, he, to me, Steve Nash, you know, he, he, he brought back the idea of having, like, quick pace teams, running the ball. I mean, think about it. Did you ever see Steve Nash not sprint the ball up the court? Never. Never. Like, you know, it, it was just such a joy calling games for him. And I, I'm so sad and disappointed that he got caught up in that stuff in Brooklyn to where he never had a healthy team. He never had his stars on the floor together. And, you know, he suffered for that. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I, I hate that that happened because I, I do think he's a tremendous basketball mind. And Chris Paul is too. Like Chris Paul retires, he can be a coach. He might pull the Derek Fisher. You yeah. know, I don't know how bad he wants to be a coach, but Derek Fisher went straight from playing to coaching. And I think if anybody in our game right now can duplicate that, it would be Chris Paul. Well, you heard it from Eddie Johnson. Uh, we appreciate you. And I'm all. not trying to be like Shannon and Skip. <laughs> what you talking about, man? Let me tell you something, man. Don't let me find you, man. I don't. Okay. Benito. All right, oh, man. man. No, please. Look, first and foremost, I don't wear tight pink jackets. All right. <laughs> and then with Skip, that water boy, water pistol Pete that averaged 1.5 <laughs> points in high school. Are you kidding me? Don't, don't even, get me started on him. I don't even know how it's possible to average 1.5 points. Man, in high look, school, man. man. That's crazy. I told him he got he got on Devin Book a couple of years ago. Talking about Devin uh, slapped somebody. Remember that during the game? Got away with slapping Paul George or something during mm -hmm. the game. I told him, why don't you come to Phoenix? I'll show you what a slap is. <laughs> Somebody send that to Skip. You come to Phoenix. I'll show you what a slap is. <laughs> Uh, you heard it. Just come to Phoenix, Skip. We got you. Uh, this is my man, EJ. We appreciate you all joining us so much. Emma, cue the music. Let's go. There we go. Here we go. We're, we'll be back next week, next Thursday, every week. You can you can follow my man, EJ, on Twitter at, at Junk Don't leave me at the elevator. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> as well, at Saul underscore Bookman. Until next time, we'll see you. Peace.